0: RadioInfluence.com This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy, and it is a new year. 2020 is in the books. Thank God we are on to 2021. And of course, we're kicking off this season of the Valor Hour with a Pigs Panel episode. You know, uh, that's what everybody comes to listen to around these parts, and uh, we're going into Valor 77 this week. It is an all-professional event, and it goes down this Saturday night from the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe. Uh, You still get tickets at fightertickswithanx.com, or you can watch it live on Pay-Per-View, and that will be at the BFCMMA.com website. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Justin Watson, and our panelists uh, for this season. Justin, how's it going, my man? you ready to to get back in the judge's chair this weekend?
1: Yeah, man, it feels like we've had a nice little break. It's time time to get back in there and see some blood. Yeah,
0: man, I'm excited for it. Justin will uh, be our uh, a moderator of sorts uh, throughout these picks, keeping up with the tallies uh, and uh, whose turn it is to pick. Of course, our defending champion uh, for last season and uh, and uh, the winner of uh, by a pretty fair margin, it seems like from my recall. Jeff Hobbs, the voice of Valor, on the line with us tonight. Jeff, how's it going, man? You ready to uh, to re- defend that crown?
2: I thought about walking away undefeated <laughs> champ, but, uh, I figure i will come back. Yeah. They say you can't b- really be the champ till you, uh, defend the title. And so, uh, let's do it, man. I wish,
0: I wish more motherfuckers saw it that way. Good God. Uh, uh of course, uh, a former champion and, uh, looking to, uh, re retain or regain, if you will, his crown and also fighting this weekend in the main event, Greg Hopkins. What's going on, Greg? Oh man, it's going, uh, I'm, I'm I'm tired of listening to Jeff. I'm tired.
3: Of, I'm tired of hearing it. He's been boasting around, walking around with his chest out, man. And and he so big. He looks like a big giant rooster walking around, like i don't know, like his chest out and, and his chin up, walking around like I'm. I'm, I'm the panel pick champion. I got the hundred bucks. I'm going to take it again, Greg. Not this time. I think Hannah's going to beat you this time.
2: <laughs> and of oh, course, man. I'm already one up on you because I'm picking Jason Keith. <laughs> Oh, oh well. Spoiler, uh, uh,
0: let's go. Go ahead and go over the rules, Tim. The new rules for him, so he knows. Well, well. First, let me welcome in our, our third panelist, of course, uh, in the in that rotating chair. Uh, of course, Chad Finerty sat in that chair last quarter and did not perform. Uh, very admirably. It was fun having him on, of course, but uh, he he didn't pick for shit for the most part. We'll see if the ladies can do any better. Hannah Rosario also joining us here for this season of pigs. Hannah also supposed to fight on this card. Had uh, the COVID hit her, so she'll be uh, looking yeah. to get back in there in March. Hannah, how's it going, girl? Are you ready for uh, to to get into the fray with these uh, assholes?
4: Oh yeah, um, I'm looking to win this one, so. <laughs>
0: Now, of course, having uh, having the female perspective on here gives, uh, in my opinion, a little leg up on some of these female fights here, especially since you've competed yeah. with so many of these girls. We'll see if, uh, if that makes a difference. Real quick, the format, everybody's starting fresh with no points. We will... Um, I'll go over each fight and uh, give a brief preview. At that point, we'll rotate through you three guys uh, and girl, and we will get uh, your prediction for the fight and the method this uh, this time will be in addition to. So in the past, we just gave a point if you got a fight right. Now you'll get two points, actually, if you pick the fight right with an opportunity at one bonus point if you are able to pick the method of victory. But you don't get the point by uh, if you pick the wrong winner. So if you get the method right, but the wrong winner, you don't get the bonus point. Uh, That gives a few extra points on the board. What's that now?
3: is, Is that on every single fight?
0: That's on every fight. And so that our points no point are going to be much more plentiful now. Now, with it, you know, a lot of the times when we've got amateurs, we've got these big ass, huge fight cards, and it's hard to do each fight justice. We kind of run through them. We've only got 10 fights to cover tonight because it's all pro. So we can talk a little bit more about uh, these fights. We'll get into it now without further ado. Of course, uh, like I mentioned, we have 10 pro bouts. Man, we dropped some fights this week. It's been a rough week on my end. We lost we lost some damn fights. But we're going to uh, soldier on with, uh, with what we got, of course. And it's still a very, very solid game. Card, um, a really good card when you consider all these uh, all these fights are pro fights. So, we kick things off in the middleweight division. Of course, all these fights are three five minute rounds now, with the exception of the main event, which is five five minute rounds. Uh, middleweight fight, we've got the return of Billy two tone combs. It's been a minute since we've seen Billy. Uh, man, it feels like maybe even close to a year. Uh, Billy looking for that first win, he's 0 and 7, he's fought a murderer's row of opponents uh, and, you know, fought the very, very best of the best out there. So he's going to be looking to get a win here independently fighting out of Mountain City, Tennessee, and he'll be taking on Chad the Freak Finnerty, 1-0 and in his short uh, professional MMA career, coming off a win in his debut over Frankie Jones, uh, training with Wolves Den Martial Arts in Madisonville, Tennessee. Um, This one is going to be one of those fights where, you know, I, I feel like it's fairly easy to say that the wrestling advantage will go to Finity. uh striking it's kind of more of a coin toss we'll see if billy can can keep it uh standing long enough to to do some damage uh justin i'll let you uh, begin the proceedings
1: all right coming off of the winning season we'll let Hobbs get us started first
0: well
2: i think it's traditional before we get started you mentioned we lost a lot of fights uh is there any fuckery
0: that uh, we need
2: to address real quick?
0: Yeah, I think that's probably probably in order. Uh, so, uh, of the fights that we that we dropped, uh, of course, a couple were with good reason. Hannah's fight, she legitimately had COVID, unable to prepare. She'll move on to March. Uh, we uh, we lost uh, a fight with a legitimate injury to Emily King with a back injury. Past that, it starts getting a little wonky. Uh, you know, Kiara West pulled with uh, a uh, supposed sickness. I was never able to get any documentation on that or any. Uh, sign that he had gone and gotten any of his medicals uh up until that point um uh, charlie durham just straight ghosted everyone supposed to fight uh paul Teague, and he ghosted everyone and uh, and blocked me so that's a yeah, pretty that's good indicator fuckery. he ain't coming yep. to yeah that's fuckery yep. uh which is really weird because charlie's been in there with some pretty tough cats you know so for him to uh, to pull this bullshit um in this one is uh really odd um let's see we lost also dre miley's five he's supposed to fight Devontae sewell i wouldn't call it fuckery but it was kind of a little wonky uh it was more of those one of those things where it's like my coach had covid and i'm not gonna have a corner and some things like that um i don't know it, it felt it left a little bit of a wonky taste in my mouth i ain't booking anymore and then uh Whoa, is there any other ones I'm I'm missing here? I feel like there's at least Whoa, one 100. tank. Uh, tanks, I'm tanks looking college.
3: at pathology. Yeah,
0: tank, tank.
3: Smith and tank. Yes. What's
0: yeah, there? that was a situation with medicals where um we couldn't get uh the guys couldn't get their shit together. Neither guy could get their shit together more or less to get no. their medicals well, in. Well, the I guess medicals. I don't
4: have to put them on picks then cuz I had one marked there. I didn't know yeah, they dropped. <laughs> it
0: just happened. It just happened uh yesterday late. We I thought we were going to be able to make it work, but uh we got to the point where both guys just didn't just couldn't get their shit together more or less. We'll try to rebook that when if possible, but uh yeah. that's what brought us down from 11 to 10 and um uh, that's pretty much the the bulk there was one or two other ones that fell early that were a, a little more inconsequential uh, that was kiara west yeah, with a moon cosme yeah. okay
3: okay
0: so anyway sorry to put everybody right, last so, out there we yeah. did but you know yeah, fuck to, y'all so, I mean, yeah
2: <laughs> um all right Finerty combs uh well, shit! It uh, looks like Chad's taking the, uh, the the feral route in his pro career. More power to him. Here uh, is Billy going to be setting up the cage? Uh, no, this time.
1: No, 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 Billy's
0: not on Cage Crew this time. Uh, he he probably would if, if we if, if needed. Right. I guess uh, you know. But as of right now, no.
2: Well, I just wonder. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Finnerty, man. Uh, you know, uh, it it's Billy. Love him to death, man, but. I mean, he'll smoke a pack of cigarettes uh, while he waits to go to the um, uh, Yeah, affinity.
1: And what do you think uh, the method will be? Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> That's what, that starts
0: throwing a new little wrinkle into things, I think, because even on our sweeps, we could get some differentiation. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, absolutely. Even just the ties now will have some, yeah. some differences. Um, uh, TKO. All right. Greg?
3: Um, you know, like it's been a while since Billy's been in there. Won't won't take long on it, Chad Finnerty. If he can uh, take it down to the ground quick, he can end it quick. But if Chad decides to stay in there too long, Billy Billy I mean, Billy's not coming up coming up here to lose. He's not trying to come in here just to give Chad Finnerty a victory, so he's got to fight. I think this will be one of Chad's tougher fights, but I do think he wins via T K O yeah, first round. All right,
2: Hannah.
4: Okay, I agree with both the guys. Um, I know Billy has a lot of fights and a lot of experience. Like he's been fighting longer than I have, but I don't think it's a good matchup for him. I'd like to see him get a better matchup because I think he's came really far from like where he was as an amateur. But I think one of his weaknesses is you know being on his back on on ground. And Chad has you know a huge wrestling advantage. So, um or with TKO on this.
1: All right, so even with the methodology, we still got a sweep. Everybody on the TKO. All right.
0: Up next is a catch weight, and this one is going to be at 150 pounds. Two guys that typically would fight at 145. They're going to be 150 this time coming out of the holidays. We've got Christian Sanchez, uh, also known as Randy Sanchez, taking on Wes Wilson. Wes Wilson, uh, of course, out of upstate karate uh been working with him through uh, booking their amateurs uh over the past few shows uh you know they brought over george lowe and jacob romano some guys have done really well Wes has been kind of uh you know their handler if you will bringing them over here with coach uh ray thompson uh, of course uh coming in for the fights. So Wes is kind of my liaison if you will um anyway uh, Wes wilson is eight and five uh, from simpsonville south carolina by way of utah Wes is uh west is like a fighting mormon and he's like well known in the mormon community there as an as mma fighter also a bellator vet he's uh he's he's fought some really tough guys tall uh, tall lanky lean guy uh nor known more as a grappler coming into this but went to upstate karate to up his his striking game he's taking on christian sanchez now this one's a bit of a uh anomaly here now christian um uh, is uh a little bit older. he. I know he's old enough to need the neuro exam. He runs his own gym, uh, head coach down at Claymore MMA in Huntsville, Alabama. Um, I don't know a lot of him beyond that. I know that he has got a lot of fights that are not listed because in Alabama where things were unsanctioned for so long, a lot of fights didn't get recorded. He's listed on tabology as 1 and 14. He tells me that he's 16 and 16. So, And he doesn't seem like the type that would just, you know, completely you know, make up 16 wins out of nowhere. Now, maybe there's a little bit of um, embellishment there. I don't know, man. I'm just telling you what he told me. But So, uh, you know, if you, if you look at it uh, on paper, though, on the on the um, the record sites and the databases, you're going to see him listed as 1 in 14. He hasn't fought in a good long while. He hasn't fought, uh, man, it's been years, I believe. Uh, let me just have a look real quick. At uh, the last time that Mr. Sanchez competed, I know he's coming out off of a long. 2008. Uh, 2008. Yeah, so we're looking at what is that? 12. Well, um, 12 years. 12 years the last time that Christian Sanchez fought. Uh, he's fought a couple of notable names like Santino DeFranco. Uh, you know, back in the day, that guy. That guy's pretty good. Uh, anyway, uh, Wes Wilson and Christian Sanchez. There it is. All right, Greg.
3: I looked up Christian on topology. He's one in fourteen. He hadn't fought since two thousand eight. His only win professionally was in two thousand seven in uh, Weston. I guess Weston's got what one fight in Bellator. A victory in Bellator would be that, and then he's got multiple fights in LFA. Man, that kind of uh, caliber fighter, man. You know, coming down here to pick one up—that's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to pick up that W. I think he wins. Uh, the mission in the first round. All right, Hannah.
4: Okay, I don't know much about Sanchez. Um, I haven't heard a lot about him. I try to do some, but I do know a little bit. About him. Like you said prior, he was in Bellator and things, and I think he has a lot of power behind his punches and a lot of technique. And I see Wilson winning by KO. All right, Hobbs.
1: Uh,
2: just real quick. KO, TKO, same thing, right? Yeah, same thing. thing, we're cool. All right. Um, Yeah, I think uh, Wilson's stand-up is just – I'm really impressed with all these guys that have been coming in to Valor from Upstate Karate. Um, I see it, uh, Wilson, uh, TKO. um, Yeah, I think he's just going to
0: pick them apart.
1: All right, so Greg goes with a sub, the other two with TKO.
0: All right. Um, up next is uh, our third of uh, four uh, prelim bouts. It is uh, Stone Hands, man. Uh, Greg uh, Greg Hopkins has got uh, in cage experience against Stone Hands here. Uh, Stone Hands, Brian Jackson uh, taking on Dan Bailey at one seventy. Now this is an interesting one. Dan, uh, Brian Jackson coming in at, with a pro record of one and two with one no contest, with his win being over Caleb Miller back in the day, which was a pretty good win at the time when Caleb Miller was thought up to be a decent prospect. Um, and he submitted him at that. Uh, decent size at 170. He's going to be coming down from a good bit above 170 to fight Dan Bailey, who's making his pro debut at a KMAA. He is the former Valor 155 lightweight amateur champion that he just won over Carter Beekman uh, back in September or October 1. Uh, really good performance. Dan's a guy that is it seems to get better every time you see him. Uh, the one thing that is kind of the... Um, uh, we'll call it the catalyst here, I think, will be, or possible catalyst, will be the size. And, uh, you know, Dan Bailey ha- could probably get to 145. Not He's not going to be a big 170. He's probably not going to cut any weight to fight a 170. Whereas Brian Jackson will definitely be cutting weight and have a size advantage. We'll see if he can stay off his back. If Dan can get him down, it could be trouble. Stay standing, uh, kind of interesting here, honestly. All right, Hannah.
4: That one is a hard one to decide. Um, I have Dan winning, and it was hard to kind of decide between submission or TKO, but I chose TKO because I guess he's, what, 5-1 and one as an amateur?
1: hmm
4: Yeah, uh, I watched a couple of his fights. He seems to have really good um, stand-up, so winning from uh, TKO. Okay,
1: Hobbs.
2: Uh, is this even the last part? I get so confused on everybody. Brian Jackson asks for the microphone to call out this uh, last one-
0: time. He wanted this- to kickbox somebody. I feel like I can't remember. who. I think it was an open call to kickbox anyone in the room or something. He, he okay. called out
3: everybody sitting
0: in the room. Yeah. Right. Uh,
2: <laughs> well, I think technically the last time we didn't let him have the mic. So that was right. the time before. Right. Uh, I'm going Bailey. Uh, but I think I'm going to pick, uh, I think I'm going to get uh, the submission.
1: Okay, Greg.
3: Yeah, man, I uh, just—I'm anxious. I'm just because I've seen Brian Jackson. I guess it was in November, and uh, that guy was absolutely nowhere near 170 pounds. And, uh, and I fought him. I, I do have the in-cage experience with him. I never got to even roll with, the, with Daniel or anything like that. But like Tim said, every time you see this guy, it's like he's leveling up. It's like he, he's taking this very serious, and he's, taunt, he's made that jump to the professional ranks. And, to, and, 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 uh, and all bullshit aside, whenever anybody says, Brian Jackson's 1-2, and two, but he's a deceptive 1-2. and two. With that one win being over Caleb Miller, that was impressive. That was really impressive. He got him with a good choked and didn't let go. I'm worried about the size difference. Because as soon as these guys stand up next to each other at weigh-ins, everybody's going to start thinking differently. Uh, I want to see Brian Jackson make weight first. That's what I want to see first. And after I see that, I think we're going to have a hell of a fight on our hands here. But uh, I don't know who said, Daniel, by submission. Um,
0: that was Jeff, I think.
3: I think that I'm going to have to go with. uh, Damn, man. That's because Brian's going to have a lot of length in this fight, a whole lot of length and a lot of power over Daniel. I got to take Daniel by the submission, too.
1: All right. So Hannah goes to TKO, everybody else at the sub. All right. Up
0: next, final undercard fight. Uh, it is going this was a fun one this is two of our referees going going to battle here catch weight 175 pounds two tall guys. Roy Real Steel Sanders coming in with a record of three and seventeen out of Coburn, Virginia. Uh, uh, Roy's fought another Murderer's Row. You look at Mer- Roy's record; it's not very good. But then you look at the guys he's fought, and you got to figure like you got to be pretty damn good to have a good record against that <laughs> level of competition. So uh, that's uh, that's kind of uh, one of those things where Roy's just he's just not going to be. He's not going to be the least. He's not going to bat an eye, essentially, at the situation. He's been in there with very, very tough, tough guys. Uh, Roy is a uh, you know 6'3", probably uh, at one seventy five. The long and rangy. He obviously, he's got uh, you know some submission skills. Uh, just a salty vet, man. He's been around for fucking ever. I mean, Roy has like fifty mm-hmm. fights all told between like yeah. amateurs, pros, boxing, and uh, you know he's fought a lot of times. He's taking on the Honey Badger.
4: I was going to say, Roy made his professional debut the same day I made my amateur debut. And that was back in 2012.
0: So that's nuts. Yeah, it really is crazy. And I remember Roy. Roy fought for me probably. Three to five times as an amateur, but uh, anyway, Chris Bond is a honey badger. That's his opponent. Chris is uh, your more regular referee. You'll see Chris reffing uh, around here a lot. Uh, he's 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 probably the guy that the most shows. He is uh, he's another tall guy. You know, uh, he's near Roy's height. He's uh, he's another tall, lean dude. Um, this is his pro debut. That's that's the difference. Uh, you know, Chris had about ten amateur fights in MMA. He probably had a good. You uh, 16 to 18. If you include uh, his kickboxing, but uh, but he's also just a very sporadic uh, competitor, and, and that's uh, mm-hmm. to be expected. As as a referee, you can't get in there and fight all the time, and and, and especially uh, just to prevent conflicts of interest. Uh, he there's just very it's very particular in the way that we can match these guys at this point. So we thought we'd put them together because uh, that's the best way to not have any conflict of interest. Just let the rest fight each other. So uh, that's going to be pretty cool, I think. Again, Chris Bond, uh pro debut. Last time we saw him was the middle of last year um, of 2020. He got an, another amateur win, but he's really kind of only averaged like one to two fights a year, maybe, over the last uh, several years. So the inactivity, I think, uh, could play a, a bit of a, a factor here. I think, uh, you you know, Bond's probably the better athlete. Uh, I know that both these guys are independent coming into this, but they're training with good guys. Roy Sanders up there uh, training with a, a lot of the guys that team fast in Cobra. And Chris Bond has uh, been working uh, mitts and pads with David Robbins, I believe, because uh, David moved to Morristown, which is just right down the road from Chris. So that he's been getting some privates with David Robbins. But uh, the pads don't hit back, you know, so we'll uh, we'll see how, how everything goes in there. I know this is one where I think that maybe Chris um, – Will have the physical advantages, but when it comes to the mindset, I don't know because I've just heard rumor that Chris gets very worked up and very just, um, just uh, what's the word? Heady, I guess you would say in the lead up to a fight. Roy is well, years beyond that.
1: All right, back to you, Hobbs. Awesome. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, Hobbs. This yeah. isn't a real easy one, I don't think. <laughs>
2: it's really not that's it's it's a it's a tough one for every reason that you just you know laid out there for us it's those are it's what makes it so hard to pick um i don't know i mean i i i haven't i've never saw chris bond until recently but uh just like you said he takes so much time off but it seems like the more i talk to him here recently i mean his head's back in it and he's wanting to compete more um uh, shit But Roy is just, like you said, he's salty, man. He's crafty. Uh, Nothing really gets under his skin. He's calm, uh, collected, no matter what's going on around him. Um, What's Roy coming off of?
0: Roy, last time out, I believe, it's been a minute since he's fought MMA. He did... uh he did a fight uh, in Kentucky, I want to say, before COVID, probably early last year, and he, he got submitted by a black belt up there, a really good, a big draw up there in Kentucky. His last Valor fight, though, was a win, wasn't it? His last time out with Valor, he beat Paul Teague. Uh, that's right. That's right. Uh, that was in January. Uh, okay. So it's been a, right out of year, a year to the day, almost, since his last Valor fight, which is a mm-hmm. win, which is an armbar over Paul Teague. He's actually two and two in his last four
2: right, right. Uh, shit man Fuckballs I don't want to pick against either one of them really but um Greg are any of them a wrestler
3: It's uh, your pick bro your pick
2: <laughs> <laughs> any of them wrestle uh I'm
0: going to go with the uh how old are they how about that how old are they? <laughs> well, Roy Roy is uh is 37. And and Chris, uh man, i if I don't know Chris's age at all. 30, I mean, he's definitely not 37. I, I'm gonna guess he's probably mid-20s. All right. I, I think he's like
1: thirty-one. 30. No, I'm sorry,
0: he's twenty-nine. He just looked out, he's twenty-nine. 30. Oh, okay, yeah.
2: Sold. I'm going with the young cat. I'm going with uh Chris <laughs> Bond. Uh
1: Chris decision. Okay. <laughs> First decision of the night. Greg. Man. I hate
3: that I got a pick. Uh, like just like Jeff said, but look here. here, here I'm looking at the the, the the facts here. You got one guy that's got 20 profiles. He has 25. I don't care how many wins or losses. He's got 20 experiences doing going and doing this. And like uh, like Tim mentioned, he's fought some of the some of the you know the better competition in the regional and you know you know the big stages. You know he's seen he's seen those guys and he's got to share the cage with them. Chris Bond hasn't got to do that. Chris Bond gets in his head a little bit. Like you guys were saying, he gets a, it's a little mental thing with Chris when he gets he gets nervous, just like everybody else. But I think he uh, he does get a little bit more nervous than other people. Uh, with that being said, this is also his first pro fight. He's making that first pro walk. Those getters are going to be there. Um, with that being said, man, I have got to go with Roy Sanders by submission because I think it's going to go to the ground. And you mentioned. Uh, you mentioned he was up there working with David. Now he's, I, mean, I know David's a black belt in Jiu-Jitsu, so I'm sure that Chris Bond is getting some uh, some groundwork too on this. Which which makes me makes me think that Chris may want to take it to the ground, and for that reason, that's why I'm taking Roy by uh, submission.
4: Okay, hey, Hannah. Okay, um, I don't think that. Um Chris will come in with being nervous or anything. I think he's going to do good. I don't think he looks that nervous when he fights. Um, but I did pick Rory with submission. I think that um, Chris will probably get the best on him uh, on the feet with him. But I think somehow, some way, it's going to go to ground. And I think when it does get to ground, I think Rory is going to finish by submission. So Rory's got
1: a bunch of fights, but y'all are forgetting Chris Bond's been in there with me. That, that counts for a lot. Yeah, Justin Bond's been say, in there with Chris Bond more than anybody. Yeah, I, I, Justin, I appreciate I was gonna it. Say, uh, I know
3: that. Yeah, I know that Justin. I know he made his amateur debut against you, and like <laughs> you did. And I was going to mention that. I was going to say I was going to pick Roy just because I know Justin and beat Chris, and, he, and and you know Justin's probably over in Roy's corner telling him what to do. You know, <laughs> <But> <laughs> I didn't want to throw that up and kind of shed light on Chris Bond's pro debut, man, because again,
1: he still could win this fight. You know, he I mean, he beat just, me kickboxing.
3: Oh,
1: he beat you in kickboxing, didn't yeah, yeah, we fought twice. He beat me in kickboxing oh, yeah. once. Oh, damn, damn, damn.
3: Yeah.
1: All right, so we got Hobbs going with Bond by decision. The other two with Sanders by sub. Okay. Moving on to the main card here. Uh,
0: this is a fun one. Lightweights, 155 pounds. This is the pro debut for both of these guys. Sam McAlpin. Uh, he promoter from down in Alabama for the AFC, uh, representing the Powell Martial Arts Complex in Hennig, Alabama. That's Jeff Powell's group. Uh, Sam coming in with an amateur record of three and seven, but a pretty decent three and seven, honestly. He's a guy that's trended up over the years. He started his career with a real, real bad record, like, like oh, and three or one and four or something like that. So he's actually has kind of leveled out a little bit more over the more recent years. And as he's dropped in weight, see, Sam McAlpin has fought a heavyweight. Now he's fighting 155. He's lost a person, see, gotten in much better shape. He's got some power, though. Uh, He's a guy that carries some some power in his hands as just uh, for, I think, just carrying around like weight over his life. You know, he's just he's just got that uh, more pop uh, as he's gotten smaller, Uh, not a natural athlete. And, uh, you know, uh, while you would say that his weakness would be on the ground, he actually has a submission win over the honey badger. Brandon McGee, which in hindsight, after if you watch Brandon McGee fight a couple weeks ago, uh, that that to me really improves that win in my eyes because McGee is really coming along. Uh, He's taken on Garrett Sharp, also making his pro debut out of KMAA in Knoxville, Tennessee, the former 145 Valor amateur champion that he just beat Andrew Sturdivant for a couple short months back. Now he vacates that title to go pro. I believe he was uh, man, what is he five and one? five and one or six and one, um, as an, uh, amateur with, uh, his one, his one loss being, uh, to Andrew Sturdivant, which he, uh, which he was able to, uh, avenge and, uh, young guy, 22 years old, I believe, uh, college student, uh, just a, uh, uh, a well-rounded fighter, man. I would peg him more as a grappler, I guess, but he can, he can strike some, uh, just an MMA fighter. So, uh, two pro debuts here looking for that first win. Greg.
3: All right. Last time I picked against Sam McAlpin, who walked by me, and I tried to shake his hand and said hi, and he told me to eat shit. That's what he told me. So it's going to be really hard to play this year. But here's here's the thing with Garrett Sharp, man. Like you mentioned it already, his only loss was to Andrew Sturdivant, who's a uh, who's a kid who's also going to need to need to make his uh, his his showing in the pro ranks here soon too. I would think, I think this
0: gonna, year.
3: I would think it's going to happen. The kid's yeah. good. And for him to be, you know, for, to lose to to lose to Andrew and then to come back and beat him, you know, in Andrew's hometown shows me the leaps. The, the, just the the he's gonna. I mean, I don't. And Sam, Sam coming from heavyweight down to lightweight, you know, the guy's gonna be in shape and he's gonna be ready for three five minute rounds. Garrett's gonna be ready for three five minute rounds. And Sam, yeah, Sam Sam's, Sam's demises the ground. Like once you can get him on the ground, if he can't get back up, he's lost, he's lost his way. I know he's been working a little with Elijah Carlton and, and Billy Swanson. Um, I don't know how often they've been working together, but I know Garrett's working with people every single day. I know that Sam McCalb' taking a new job as a, as a correctional officer, and he's, he's had a lot of time and investment in that, and his family pulling together his own promotion right now making his professional debut. Whereas you got Garrett Sharp who trains and goes to college, which they're not even really going because of COVID. So he gets all this free time and all this time to work out and extra time. So for that reason, I got to take uh Garrett Sharp because I think Sam's got too much on his plate right now. And I know I'm sorry, Sam, as soon as you see me, you're going to tell me to eat a bag full of shit or a pocket full of dicks or something. I know you're going <laughs> to tell me to do something that you always tell me to do when I, when I, when, you, when I hurt your feelings, but Again, prove me wrong, and then you can come. You can come yell at me after my fight, man. I got Garrett Sharp via submission in this fight.
1: He's gonna be calling you out of the mic afterwards if he wins.
0: He will Yeah,
1: I got. He right, got come up four seventy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay, is it my turn. <laughs>
2: yeah.
4: Okay. Um, I think they both have decent stand-up and stuff. I think that Sam is a little bit more technical. I've seen Sharp throw a couple of power shots. Um, Sam's a little bit more precise and straight down the middle, but um, I do see it going to ground. Recently, I was at a grappling event down in Alabama. Uh, I went to uh, Sam grappled that night, Um, and he did fairly well. So I I have Sam winning by submission.
1: Oh, wow.
0: All right, Hobbs. What would you line line that at? Uh, What would you line that at, Greg? (laughs) Stand by submission again. Yeah. Shit, yeah. I
3: don't know. He had a Hunt Badger. I had him at minus or plus 4,000. 4, yeah, right. Maybe. So if he wins by submission, uh, I mean, but hell, I've heard, I mean, that's I've heard a crazier shit happening in Valor. Yeah. It has. Uh,
0: that's but, a I mean, very I, true. All right. Yeah. Sorry, Hobbs.
2: No, sorry. Right. Uh, it's definitely a plus 320, though.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's definitely uh, going to make you some money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: There's no alternate uh line uh, on
0: that right. one.
2: Uh I am going sharp as well. I got uh, I got sharp by um uh submission. Everybody goes submission.
1: Everybody goes sub, Hannah takes McAlpin.
0: All right. Heavyweight's up next. This one should be interesting. Have I haven't had heavyweight fight in a minute no, all since Big Sexy fought, and that's been over a year at this point. Um all right. We got Jordan Buck uh 2-8 and eight out of Nova Gyms, Martial Arts and Fitness, Lowell, Wisconsin. And um, he's a guy that's been around a while. He's uh, a grappling instructor up there, so I, I do think he's got pretty good grappling. I'm not exactly sure his rank, but I think it's relatively high, um, known to be a grappler. He'll be taking on Lorenzo Hood, 14-5 and five, out of Chicago Fight Team. Chicago, Illinois. Hood is a beast of a man. Wait till you see this guy. Uh, he is, uh, put together to say the least. He's massive. He's huge. He's, he's had, uh, I think he has been in Bellator, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but his, uh, he hasn't been fighting a lot of MMA as of late. He's been, uh, doing a bare knuckle boxing. So, uh, making the move back to MMA here, looking to make a run at the big show. He's got a big record at 14 and five. That's, and he's got a good look. You put all that together and he is a guy that, you know, you could see on the big stage soon. Now, here's the thing. His kryptonite has been the ground. Uh, the grappling you know he's he's if he's not been able to overwhelm guys with his athleticism and his power and his striking then he has been able to be beaten so uh when you look styles make fights you know so Souza is either going to not be athletic enough to keep up with him or he could potentially sub him as that's where hood has uh, struggled the most I do have a
4: question about hood is he a former pro wrestler
0: not to my knowledge, but I wouldn't be surprised. He's got the look, for sure. Like, he could, if that's what he, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't fall out of my chair if I found out he was.
4: Okay. I wasn't sure if he was the same pro wrestler I'm thinking about or if that was somebody else, but.
0: Yeah, he certainly looks like he could be one.
4: Yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> All right, we're, you're up,
4: Hannah. Oh, I guess I'll go first. And then. <laughs> I have a uh, hood winning by submission.
0: Oh, he submits the grappler. And thinks all these people are submitting everybody. He <laughs> <laughs> may be right. We'll find
4: out. All
0: right, Hobbs.
2: I got Lorenzo Hood by Sharpshooter.
0: Hell yeah.
2: Scorpion Death Drop. <laughs> um, I got uh, Hood TKO. Eric? Right. Yeah, I
3: was looking at Lorenzo Hood and his last loss. I don't know. I think it was against uh, Curtis Blades. The Heart and, Foundation. Right.
0: Was it really yeah. Curtis Blades?
3: I think so. That's what I'm. Let I, I me look. Let me make sure before we before I'm wrong on that. Let me go look at Lorenzo Hood. I think he fought him at CS. What's the. Oh, it's coming up. It's coming yeah, he's,
0: up. He had fought on some relatively decent shows. That's, that's yeah. uh, you yeah. know, He's making a run at one point. Yeah, he
3: fought Curtis Blades in 2014. Uh, lost the strikes, first round, minute and 42 seconds at XFO. But. Uh, since then, he's had you know so many fights. He's had a couple losses in global, but he's been in the World Series of Fighting. Uh, he's got no contest at next level. Then he has so many canceled canceled bouts, that I can only believe are because uh, people are scared of him. I don't know. So I got to go uh, with Lorenzo Hood via TKO
1: here too. All right, Hannah takes submission. The other two with TKO for Hood.
0: All right. Moving on, we are uh, now on to a catchweight fight of 165 pounds. Both these guys typically welterweights, but it'll be Bubba, uh, Bubba Bad News Cruz taking on Slow Mo Boyd. Bubba Cruz one and one as a professional out of a Gogi Combat of Chattanooga, Tennessee, coming off his first loss uh, to Quintez Sapp back at the, uh, the show in Chattanooga back uh, this this past fall, got submitted in that one. Uh, had some weight uh, situation uh, stuff going on there. Um, so, it, in this one, it'll take on Shlomo Boyd, who's making his pro debut out of uh, the Boyd Brothers MMA, but also adding uh, American top team Atlanta to his uh, training regimen as well for this fight. On his pro debut, he comes in with a, an amateur record of three and two. Last time out, we saw him lose a number one contender bout uh, to Samaj Portis, who will see challenge Carter Beekman for that welterweight amateur title here uh, next month. But uh, he lost a decision in that fight. He, he's an athletic guy. He's—I've always said—you know—to be you know—an an amateur fighter. He's very composed out there. He—he he doesn't fight like he doesn't have a lot of fights. If that makes sense. Uh, Bubba Cruz has always got that one-stop power. He's got lots of walk-off knockouts. Uh, this will be a fun one, man. I think this will be an action fight. I don't think we're going three rounds. And again, this is a catch-way to 165 which Slomo requested because he's come in under 170 he's looking to go to 155 it'll be a little bit of a weight cut for bubba cruz which is something to keep an eye on
1: okay Hobbs. yeah
2: you know the, the last year or so it's maybe even just two years it seemed like bubba was you know just on another level man he was a. Uh, I i mean he was knocking motherfuckers out out um he comes out strong, but the, that last fight, who was uh, the, the caddy he fought last? Quintez uh, yeah, Sap. Yeah, um, Sapp. You know, it was just one of those deals where when he couldn't get him out and, uh, you know, the fight went went longer, um, you know, it was, it was definitely a different Bubba Cruz than the one that comes out, uh, you know, guns a-blazing. Um, I just don't know if Shlomo, though, Sap was a bigger dude, wasn't he? I mean, he was a he was big. Yeah. yeah, he, he wasn't was thick. like really long, but he was thick. You know? And Shlomo's just uh, you know he's kind of one of those thinner cats, uh, leaner cats. I don't I don't know if he's got the neck to uh, to to withstand the, the, the Bubba Cruz uh, punch. So I I'm going to stick with Cruz on this one. I like Shlomo boy a lot though. He's a really good guy, man. And I was impressed uh, you know when he uh, first came to uh, Valor. Um, definitely probably in my opinion, one of the more well-rounded of the Boyd brothers, uh, yeah. fighters, um, more technical and more well-rounded of that crew. Uh, but I'm, I'm going with, uh, Bubba Cruz first round, well, we're not doing rounds. Fuck that. Uh, I'm going Bubba Cruz TKO. All right, Greg. Uh, well, I've got been be getting
3: trained with Bubba Cruz and, uh, dude, dude just, uh, Athlete, man, he he's not, man's not even really a fighter. He just gets in there and he's just athletic as hell. I mean, he, and he's he's a very very big one seventy, and for him to go to one sixty five, and uh, does that mean he's make, trying to make the jump to one fifty five eventually, or is this just no? This is that?
0: more. This is just because Swamo said it needed. Yeah, if we were going to fight, it's going to be a one sixty five.
3: Okay, I got you. Well, yeah, see, Bubba, you know, Bubba did well in his weight cut last time. He kind of cut too much for, for that fight against Bubba Sapp. So, but this time, I think he's trying to not do that, and I'm anxious to see him make weight, and uh, he's been down, he's been working here and there in, like, Alabama and Florida, so he's been training in different gyms, but he hasn't been coming in, and uh, I'm just saying, Bubba's an athlete. He's gonna, he's probably going to get, uh, probably going to, I'm going to go ahead and make my pick Bubba Cruz by TKO. All right, Hannah.
4: I agree with them. I see Bubba Cruz winning by TKO. I think he's going to have a little bit of a strength advantage. I see them clinching up and him taking it to ground, getting full mount and ground and pounding. All
1: right, TKO for Cruz all the way across the board. I'm surprised nobody went sub there.
0: I think I would be if I were (sighs) one of y'all. I would have been sneaky and done that actually (laughs) because. a little bit. Um, okay, up next is our feature bout. This is one of the tougher ones to call on the card. This, is this to me, is um, kind of that uh, sleeper fight for five, of the, five and I right here. Uh, lightweights, 155 pounds, Logan, the real deal, Neil, one-on-one out of Gogey Combatives and Chattanooga, Tennessee, coming off of his Bellator debut just a few short months back, fell short there, got a taste of that. Those bright lights, though, and he's hungry to get back there. And I feel like he, uh, from what I can gather, is really taking his training uh, a lot more seriously. Uh, you know, since then, instead of uh, kind of getting ready for a fight uh, when he has a fight, he's more in the mindset of like staying ready at all times, which is honestly the key to being successful as a professional in this game. Uh, he is, uh, of course, training uh, with Greg Hopkins over there and Bubba Cruz. So he's got teammates on this card coming in. He's taking on Nathan King Kong Ariaga, three and zero undefeated out of Nick Martino's combat performance in Hendersonville, North Carolina. Uh, man, this guy's, uh, he's put away everybody in his path so far. Tough dude. Very, uh, very rugged. Uh, he's not going to go away easy. He's, uh, he can, he can uh, brawl if you want to brawl. He can be technical and grapple if you want to do that as well. He's coming off a win just about a month back, um, at uh, a show uh, out there in uh, Myrtle Beach, I believe, but uh, got the win there. Uh, Has not fought just a stellar level of competition to this point, but he's getting him out of there. You know, it's he's getting him out of there like he's supposed to. So I think both these guys are kind of in the mindset that this is going to be a fucking grueling battle, and I think that's what we'll get.
1: All right, Greg, get us started.
3: Oh, you're going to go to me first. Well, of course, you already know who I'm picking. Uh... Here's the thing, Logan Neal just takes repetitively over and over again, over and over again. Takes really, you know, I mean, the first guy he fought was Paul Teagues, one and zero as a pro. Second guy he fought, you know, was uh, King Gonzalez, you know, in Bellator, and now he's fighting Najarroga, three and zero. Dude's legit. Dude's tough. I've done my research, and uh, best believe that Logan's done his. Uh, but Logan has took his training up to another level. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and pick Logan Neal by decision. Uh, I think I'm going to take Logan Neal by submission.
1: Okay. Hannah?
4: Okay. I think this is going to be one of the best fights of the night. Um, I think both of them have great striking. I know Nathan, he has really good movement and really good head movement as well, as well as power shots. And then Logan, the same, he puts everything behind his punches. And I think for his last fight with Bellator, um, the guy he fought um, – his dad was a black belt, and um, that was some real high level competition um, for anyone. Um, but I am going with Logan Neal uh, with uh, winning by TKO. All right, Hubs. All right, uh,
2: I can't even ramble on like I know what I'm talking about in this one because I, I don't. I'm not sure. I'm familiar with Ariaga. Has he been in? All-
0: this is his first time fighting with uh, with us, Ariaga. Okay,
2: he's fought a okay. lot in the Carolinas you know oh yeah see I don't get over in the Carolinas so, uh, so I, I, I fucking absolutely know nothing man uh, so I'm definitely going Logan Neal cause well shit uh, I wouldn't be able to give you a reason if I went the other way okay. uh, I'm going sub
1: alright all three for Neal
0: all right, co main event. I'm excited. Uh, man, I say this over and over. This is, I'm just excited for a lot of these fights. Uh, co main event female fight. This is a pro bantamweight weight bout at 135 pounds. And we've got the Southpaw outlaw, Serena de Jesus, one and two out a syndicate MMA in Las Vegas, Nevada, taking on uh, Christina Roadhouse Adcock, Wicker. Um, uh, that is uh, a long name there, but uh, I'm trying to get used to just calling her Christina Adcock because she married James Adcock, and that's her name. It's just Roadhouse Ricker is what I've been used to saying for so many years, so uh, I apologize there. Uh, she comes in with a record of three and four out of KMAA Knoxville, Tennessee. Last time out with a win over our panelist, Hannah Eldwick here. Uh, both these ladies are Invicta. Bets uh, uh, they've they've seen the top level of competition and uh, DeJesus uh, coming all the way from Las Vegas Nevada you know uh, even though only one and two she's got a very nice uh, reputation ahead of her being a very solid tough fighter very skilled a good following and uh, we're excited to have her in Valor for the first time you know and of course uh, Christina uh, no stranger to us we've seen her fight so many times all, always crappy, always rugged tough uh, hard to get out of there and has really only only faltered against just the very, very uh, top-level competition. Uh, of course, training became A there, Eric Turner, Joey Zonar, and the gangs uh, Lots of good ladies to train her with this one. But at the same time, syndicate MMA is also stacked up with ladies. There's a lot of uh, of good female fighters out there. Roxanne Matafari, Uh <laughs> note what uh, the, the corner for uh, for Serena De Jesus. Blast from the past for you guys, but I was kind of cool. Uh, I thought it was kind of cool to hear the Beast Man, Marvin Eastman, coming out here to uh, to corner uh, to corner Miss De Jesus.
1: Nice. <laughs> All right, Handy, you want to get us started?
4: Yeah, Uh, Serena. I know she used to train with Roxanne. She did hold the one hundred and twenty five title there for a while for UFC, didn't she? Roxanne. Yeah.
0: Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, Somebody would have to. I don't. I I would. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think think Roxanne. I know. Back in two
4: thousand and seventeen, she. I'm pretty sure she fought Lady for the belt. Or um, Maybe Invicta. Okay, I know it was for something like that. Um, But I've been back and forth between these two girls, really trying to figure out. Who I think would win and what they'd win by, and I know I talked to you before, and I was leaning there at the beginning more towards Christina because I feel like they always have like such a good game plan for their opponents, the, the whole team. Um, you always expect the unexpected um, to come from them, and then Serena, uh, like you said, she trains with Syndic- uh, Syndicate MMA. Um, I know they have an excellent boxing coach and things like that, and I did a little bit more research today. So after doing a little bit more research, I think uh, Serena's going to win by TKO. Um, I think Christina might try to clinch and take it to ground. But I think that Serena might be able to do like a reversal on her, maybe get a dominant position and win by TKO. So that's how I see that one going.
2: All right, Hobbs? Uh, I'm going to take uh, Adcock by decision.
1: Greg? Greg, Greg.
3: Sorry, y'all have you muted. Um, but I watched our <sighs> uh, uh, interview today for, with some guy up in Canada. And uh, she was she laid a descriptive uh, down and said that she doesn't care where Christina wants to take it. If she wants to take it to the ground, she says she can roll to the ground and she can eat elbows all day because she knows how to throw them, now. She's learned how to do mm-hmm. it over her past few fights. Uh Her boyfriend is the one who's going to be cornering her. And I guess he's one of the coaches at the gym. Uh, with that being said, Christina Adcock, I don't think that Eric Turner is going to put her into a fight right now, straight out of COVID, not ready to fight. Nor do I think that either girl have a big advantage in this one. The only thing I can see is Serena has fought. Well, I really can't say there's an edge there because Serena's fought tough competition that's going on, you know, to, to go on to, uh, you know, the series and stuff like that. But they're – you look at uh, I mean, Christina is quite, you know, Bridget Chase <laughs> and that girl, that girl's mean. Uh, Kaylin Simmons, there's some, there's some. Uh, I don't know about this fight, but I, I do know that I think it will go to
0: decision. If you look at uh, DeJesus is a decision machine, apparently.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She does, she does no, no finishes, but Christina does. Uh, she, Christina does get finished, so. And, and but she's been fighting some mean, mean, mean ones. I gotta go. I gotta go with Serena uh,
1: by decision. I gotta go against Hobbs. <laughs> All right, so Hobbs goes with Adcock. The other two is De Jesus. Main event. This is five rounds, five five minute rounds
0: for the vacant Valor Welterweight Championship professional. Uh, A rematch from uh, Chattanooga back in the fall as we have Greg Hopkins, uh, our Picks panelist himself, taking on the Asian persuasion Jason King. Now this one, of course, uh, you know, we've talked about it many times. The story's been told. Um, but I guess we'll tell it one more time because uh, for you know, continuity here's sake. Uh, of course, these guys clashed in the main event a few months back. It was a very exciting back and forth battle. Uh, Jason landed uh, uh, several good shots on Greg. Greg uh, weathered that storm, drops Jason with a big overhand. Um, and, uh, there was a scramble on the ground. Um, and as they were separating, Greg was penalized for an illegal upkick, which Jason was unable to continue at that point. And, uh, referee Justin Brown called that fight a no con I'm sorry, not a, uh, a disqualification win for Jason King. Um, and, uh, from there, of course, um, Jason didn't want to accept the, the fight, uh, the win that way, the belt that way, if you will. And, uh, you know, gave the belt back, uh, his coach, uh, Eric Turner said that they would run that fight back immediately, uh, because, you know, obviously it was a very exciting affair all the way up until that point, And, uh, nobody really wanted it to end like that. So, um, uh, the more harsher words have been said since then, as there is no love lost between these two. Um, Greg felt like he uh should have, at the very least, had a no contest from from the situation, as it was not a uh, malicious intent, uh, foul, if you will. And uh, of course, uh, Jason's stance was, you know, you made a mistake, uh, that cost you the fight essentially, don't uh, don't do that, and you won't have uh. You won't have to figure it out uh, afterwards. So um, anyway, here we are, and uh, man, I'm excited. There's a lot of heat in this one. There's a lot of uh, anticipation, and uh, man, I think that uh, I don't think we're going 25 minutes. I don't think I don't foresee this thing going five fives, no matter which way it goes.
1: Uh, before we get going, just for sh- uh, spectator curiosity, did was that ever um, taken up with the commission? Was it ever? Was um, Did you did you dispute that, Greg? Sorry, y'all had me muted again. Uh, I never appealed it because I want to. Uh, uh, we, we'll get into that. I'll get into that in a minute. Okay. I just wanted to know if it had been appealed or not. Um, no. All right. So this time we'll start with Hobbs. Uh,
2: well, from experience, I can say it wouldn't have mattered. They don't fucking turn anything over in the state of Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> uh, seriously, I've been through it with fighters before where it's it's taken over a year And it didn't matter what kind of, you know, precedence or evidence you show them, uh, you know, uh, other fights in other states under the same conditions that were overturned. They don't care. Their philosophy is always we do not want to open up that can of worms uh, or we'll be flooded with, uh, you know, and so. um, It's
1: kind of a shame, though. I mean, it is because my argument.
2: Oh, yeah, because my argument was I don't care if you get flooded with a bunch of them. Because if it's right, it's right. I mean, exactly. Like,
1: Talking about those careers.
2: Yeah, it's like if, if it's the right thing to do, then I don't care if you get 100, then overturn 100 if it's the right thing to do. But uh, it, uh, and it and like I said, it took over a year for them to even address it, even when they uh, and I will say they went on record. So a year and a half, I think later, when it finally went in front of everybody at their meeting, they would not overturn it, but my consolation was we put it in the minutes of the meeting that it was an incorrect call. <laughs> I was like, well, thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, my That's my crazy. fighter appreciates that. We'll we'll make sure that the minutes minutes of that meeting are uh, posted on his record. So, uh, so look, like you said, there's this fight. Here's ultimately look. I'm, I'm sticking with my pick from the last time because in my eyes, that fight didn't happen last time. Uh, I'm going with Jason King. I do think that this is an entirely different fight than what we picked last time though. Uh, but b- before it was more of a gentleman's fight, uh, and there's a lot more involved in it, but, uh, you know, there wasn't, we didn't get to see what we wanted to see last time. Um, I saw positive things on both sides, uh, like we've already recapped, uh, Jason looking good to begin, Greg looking uh, looking really good with power. Um, it was kind of a wash at that point uh, when it did get to the ground. Uh, you know, I had a quick scramble, but we never got to see where it went. So I'm sticking with my pick. I'm not changing my pick from last time. I'm going with Jason, but it's Wednesday, and I'm telling you, I've already got like the nervous – because this is only a 10-fight show too. We're going to get to it fairly quick. Yeah. Uh, I've already got butterflies. I'm kind of like that nauseous nerve feeling on Wednesday uh, about something that's not happening until Saturday because it's already just kind of giving me that, I don't know, that sick, nauseous, anxious uh, feeling just thinking about uh, when that fight happens. And I get to call both these guys to the uh, to the cage and. Um, so that's my story. I'm sticking to it.
0: I get that feeling of when it's the day that the state puts our deadline on us for saying for uh, licensing.
2: Uh, yes, <laughs> for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. Yesterday, uh, when you sent me the list, uh, I was like, "Holy shit! How are you not either <laughs> drunk as hell or on suicide watch with that to do list of people that didn't turn their shit in on Friday?" What was your method there, Pumps? Uh, Oh, I didn't say method, though. Uh, Oh, that
0: should be interesting to hear.
2: I'm going to say submission. All
4: right. Okay. Um, Well, I have Greg winning by submission as well. I just think that the last fight was just awesome. I can't wait to see this fight as well. Um, I think that he's really looking to come back and – you know, finish this time and get the win. I think he was close to getting the win last, last time. Um, but like I said, it I think it's going to be a super, super close fight, though. And that um, I think as long as Greg protects himself and watches out for them long leg kicks and things, that um, he'll get it to ground and he'll finish with um, submission.
1: All right. And back to Greg.
3: All right. So uh, I'm going to touch base on what you said about the appeal. Man, <clears throat> sounds the way they are. and you know it sounds like 100 bucks that thing or something. So, like, I just decided uh, the DQ uh, can stay on my record as long as I can win this next spot. If I can beat Jason and beat him in a dominant fashion, I think that'll show that that disqual- disqualification was a fluke, and I don't know how the rules work. But if so facto, and I can go back and appeal that one, I want to have this to show for it. You know, like to say, like, hey, man, I'm coming back to court. Uh, you know, I've been doing really good. You know, I kind of beat his ass, so can you kind of turn that to a no contest? Uh, you know, like ask the judge. That's kind of what I'm looking at. I don't know if they'll let me do that after I go and fight again. I don't know. But that's how, That's where I stand right there. If I, You know, if I win this fight, you know, which, uh, speaking of if I win, um, you know, I'm planning on winning. Um, this one is emotional for me. Last time I couldn't find nothing to be pissed off at him about. Uh, this time I've been pissed off so fucking long that like I'm not really even that pissed anymore. I'm just kind of like, yeah, fuck it. You know, that's one that's, that that slipped through my fingers, and I'm, I did. I made a mistake. You know, and uh, and and as much as I want to be mad at Jason for that, I really can't be mad at him because he didn't make the decision. But he did take the easy way out. I won't change my mind about that. He did lay down. He he told he told me today in an interview because we had a face to face that uh, I, that's the only thing I'm wrong about is that. I'm, he didn't take the easy way he wanted to, to continue to fight but when he stood up after all that it was just wavy and i mentioned i told i said well, because the, the, the punch did that and he said yeah the punch did do that but the up kick was the mistake that you made you know so uh <clears throat> make no mistake about it i went out there and i was trying to finish it that first time and uh we're gonna get it it's gonna get finished this time too um i just gotta pick my shots i gotta get in there and uh uh, what Hannah said, you know, watch out for the long lankiness. And uh, I, I've been, he's been hitting, he's hitting with everything. He's hit, he's hit everybody he's knocked out with. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. I've got the jaw for it. I'm coming full force, this time. And uh, I'm gonna get that TKO. You know, TKO or KO. It's probably gonna be a ground and pound thing. We're gonna go to the ground. Ain't nothing changing. I'm gonna take him down. Like, that's what I'm gonna do. All
1: right. Hobbs takes King. The other two is Hopkins.
0: All right, and that uh, that wraps it up. Uh, where do we have our uh, our main uh, differentiations here, Justin? Or how many I guess are uh, are unanimous versus where we're split?
1: Let's see here. Give me one second.
0: Mm. While he looks we this up, s- of, we have of, six
1: six unanimous ahead. and four where we have uh, some splits. And then in those unanimous, obviously we can have a little bit of break there with the uh, method. Um, but but six that are they'll that have uh, different winners in
0: very good i'm excited for it folks and uh, that wraps up our pigs panel segment we will uh see how all this shakes out next week we'll reconvene and recap this card uh and see uh, who the winners and losers were uh along with analysis and kind of reactions to to everything that, that goes down yes uh greg I, I was just,
3: uh, something, man, you were discussing earlier. I hate to interrupt you because it's been smooth, but I, I, I was just wanting you to address to everybody, or I could do it myself, let everybody. No, I'm just saying this because I'm the main event, and it's my fight, or my right. guys are fighting on it, but we are the only MMA promotion in the whole fucking world.
0: Yeah, that's right. There is, a, there, there, is a, there are no other MMA shows going on this weekend, folks, uh, in the States, anyway. There may be some things overseas, but uh, as far Argentina yeah uh, we, we are your MMA entertainment this weekend so make sure you check it out uh, you know we want to see get as many eyes on this as possible is uh, give some get some good exposure to the athletes as there's uh, there's nothing there's no other games in town so uh, I'm excited for that platform I'm sure uh, and you can watch the pay-per-view for this uh, mama Jama at uh, VFCMMA.com through boxcast uh, make sure you check out uh, that it's gonna it's an early start time this Saturday so uh, we're gonna be getting kicked off uh, about 3:30 in the afternoon noon and uh we got 10 big pro fights at the cotton eye joe of course it's valor 77 and you can still get tickets to come live uh, fighter tickets with an x.com uh man thanks so much uh, to our listeners out there for joining us uh Spread the word and and give us a, a like on social media if you don't mind. Um, thanks so much again to my uh, co-host Justin Watson, our picks panelists, Jeff Hobbs, Greg Hopkins, and Hannah Rosario. We'll uh, we'll all circle back here next week and uh, and recap this fight as well as look ahead to uh, the UFC finally back in action next weekend as well. Uh, and once again, this has been your host Tim Loy signing out for another edition of the Valor Hour.
2: This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan quick fix on Radio Influence.
0: Of course, as I've mentioned, this is now the second time that ESPN Plus has raised the price of UFC pay-per-views. I will tell you this, Daniel, when I first saw this story, my immediate thought was not as Jason Floyd, the guy who talks about MMA on, on a podcast. My first thought was as a consumer, like, son of a bitch!
5: Yeah, I know. It, that. That's a... That's expensive, man. It really is. Like, it's. I mean, we're talking either sixty bucks or, or seventy dollars for a pay per view, and at some point, I mean, it gets really financially not great for people. Like, like, a lot of us aren't making that much money, Jason, and and we can't be shelling out a bunch of dough for a UFC pay per view once a month or twice a month. I mean, it's as simple as that. But I think as a consumer, it hasn't hit a price point that's going to scare me away from buying the pay-per-view, but it's starting to, right? I mean, every time there's a price shift, I think we have this feeling and we've seen several price shifts. I think the most concerning thing is that we've already moved to the second price move under the ESPN plus umbrella. I mean, it hasn't been too long and to see that shift again is quite a bit, but you know, I, I think anytime Conor McGregor fights, they're going to move the pay-per-view price. I, I think, you know, they're, they're not moving the pay-per-view price if it's Figueredo versus Moreno, if it's a Sevchenko-headlined fight. But if Conor's fighting, that's when they're going to move that price so then people get suckered into it and they fall on the trend. I don't think this, this jump up is going to affect the business of the UFC. I I think it's going to get similar buy rates. I think you're going to have less people buy the smaller shows, per usual.
2: The MMA Report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.